0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good day, and welcome back to RC Stuff. Powered by Hobbywing, as always, Charlie Sawenka here with Mr. Mike Chen. Mr. Chen, good afternoon. How are you today, sir? Busy. <laughs> it has been one of those weeks, hasn't it?
1: Oh, uh, you bet.
0: <laughs> you got to go for sh- Street League Finals, right? You yep. fly to Texas, race for a few days, and fly back? Yes, sir. Why don't, why don't we, before we get too far into this, as always, we give away free RC stuff each and every episode. And you may, you may have just tuned in to find out how to enter to win. We're not going to tell you yet. Mike's going to tell us about Street League, and then we'll tell you how to enter to win. <laughs> so how, how did the finals go, Mr. Chen?
1: So the finals went pretty good. Um, we had a little bit of a hiccup this year. with uh one of the one of the final races and the points and all that stuff so i'm not going to get into the politics of that shenanigans but we ended up uh running what we called a uh last chance qualifier so if you even if you didn't have the points to make it into champs uh basically you had one last opportunity to race your way in oh i like that and so we held, uh, well, while well, everybody who was in the top 16 practiced, we held a points race for some of the local pilots that were there. And uh, basically, if you were in the top eight of that, you were uh, basically getting bumped into, uh, bumped into the finals and you got to race with everybody. So that was, uh, that was fun. We, got a couple, we had a couple people bump up and they fought, up, they fought their way through pretty well. Um, and a few of them actually even made it up to the. Uh, a few of the guys that bumped into the finals actually made it to the finals of the final race.
0: Oh wow! Race your yeah. way
1: in. Yeah. yeah, they raced their way all the way back, all the way up. It was a, uh, it was a good time. And uh, yeah, the the track was great. The the venue is phenomenal. But I will say the thing that kills me every time is I'm so used to racing at elevation with some thinner air. So I'm used to things being drifty, and it takes a really long time to recalibrate to uh the thicker air
0: <laughs> it's, it's high bite air
1: yeah it, it's it's kind of crazy because everything just reacts really differently uh when you're not at elevation and like things that i could do fairly smooth at elevation you have to check you end up changing your lines because the way you fly at elevation ends up kind of causing the uh the quad to stall um when you're not at elevation gotcha. you're closer to sea level so it takes a little it's quite a quite a cal like a, a recalibration of the way you have to fly and the way you, you you pick your lines and whatnot so that was a that's always my my interesting thing i always forget about every time you go for your first flight and you're like that didn't work like i expected it to it almost feels broken uh just feels really different you're going like what what's wrong here i don't know what's wrong so yeah. um yeah we had a couple really fun elements i think uh we 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 kind of we got a new item that we're, we're now calling the uh the texas longhorns it's kind of like a weird 90 degree uh hurdle okay That has two flags on either side of the hurdle and then so you have to go through a gate Make this hurdle and then make a ninety degree turn right after it. Sounds perfect
0: for big heavy quads.
1: Yeah, and we call we we (laughs) called it uh, we were calling it the Texas Longhorns while we were down there. So that was a fun little that was a fun little element that we uh, we had for the track. And uh, unfortunately, there well the the live stream is up on YouTube. However, it's kind of broken up into weird little sections because we were having some internet issues. Trying to do live the live stream there, where people kept running out of data.
0: Oh, the, the hot spotting.
1: <laughs> yeah, because there apparently, uh, the you, you can't. There's a crazy wait list for any kind of Starlink connection down in Texas. So, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't do our normal uh, Starlink connection to to live stream that, unfortunately. Good time. So yeah, we were working off like everybody's hotspot, and when one person ran out of data, we'd switch to the next person. I think uh, I think the battery of my phone is hurting right now because it we we ran the longest the longest stretch of the live stream was run on my phone, and it got to the point where my phone just shut down and wouldn't even charge anymore. <laughs> Overheat protection enabled. Uh, sure. Maybe worse. like, dude, I had to throw I had to throw it into the one of the coolers to to let it cool down before i could even like before we would even start charging again and then and then it was i it was kind of sketchy cuz i was like i have to get to the airport and i don't know how to get to the airport i hope my phone works tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's about that we had a really nice turnout so we uh we'll start with third place mm-hmm. mr shames himself
0: shames is still fast
1: yes he is I and, caught his post. He
0: said he's going to postpone his retirement. And I'm like, he better not retire. That's
1: a guy that needs to race forever. Well, he found uh, he found digital. He finally switched over to a digital system, and he's like, he's finding a lot of speed in it. I can see again. <laughs> yeah. So that that was what he was talking about. And then uh, our second place uh, was Dubicky, formerly known as Potato, <laughs> formerly AKA, <laughs> yeah it was it was that that the potato was great for a name because we would always call uh, his dad mr potato <laughs> we, we would call Dubicky potato and then his dad mr potato and uh, but yeah he took a second place with his uh his frame that he calls the uh, the big d
0: <laughs> fpv names are the best
1: <laughs> and then uh first first place is uh you know, it's no surprise, Mr. Evan Turner heads up FPV.
0: If he shows up, he's a favorite to win.
1: Of course. Right. So, um, but definitely the, it was, it was interesting because since we introduced that boost mode this year, watching people try to figure out how to use it on the track is a really, really critical part because you could, there's so many different ways to use it. Yeah. Like you can use it as like a, a do not pass button or you can like kind of set it up and then use the boost just as that little bit of speed to like you know get by somebody because like racing drones is not quite like racing cars where like you can't when you get behind somebody you're trying to draft off them in drones that's actually worse because you're getting all <laughs> that dirty air right so like it's hard it's hard to make a pass if you're on the exact same line so you'd always have to try to figure out a different line but then uh with the boost mode it's kind of nice because you can kind of sneak up behind somebody and then the second you're close enough right before you get into their prop wash you hit the boost and you can kind of get around them yeah Uh, i mean
0: it's it looks like you can use it to make a slow line faster even like you can go around the outside of somebody that's not boosting where normally that wouldn't be the case i i I got to watch a lot of the street league races that were happening at West Coast Throwdown, and I was chatting with um, LeMond and um, Grower about how they had their boost set up. And LeMond just has his set up so that it goes when he's at full throttle. And if he's at full throttle, his boost is on until it runs out and then it's over. So his game plan was to get a big lead in the beginning and make everybody chase him down. I mean, it seemed to work for him. Other folks would have it on a switch, so they'd use it at, on the climbs or in the downhills, or like you're saying, more strategically depending on where they were on the track. So, yep. or, or in traffic rather. So I thought it's very cool. Like I hope that RC cars get boost because that I mean it's a pretty it's a pretty neat thing to have in there.
1: Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, that, that's a uh, that's something that's something to work on (laughs) like, like, yeah, literally a turbo button. Mm -hmm. I
0: could see that totally ruining spec racing real soon. So, I mean, RC car spec racing is good for, for what you, what's going on here because they're limiting the power already and adding this money. So anyway.
1: Yep. So, and we have a little bit more tunability and it's it's also easier for us to verify uh, what's going on. Like we're not relying on just a single blinky button. Like you like the, everybody being know. on the
0: same firmware thing is a big deal
1: yeah so maybe someday we'll yeah. figure it out
0: <laughs> Not
1: but yeah that's uh it was just a really good event i can't believe that field they have there is, is so cool too. that's the
0: same one they do mayhem on right
1: Yes, it's yeah. the same as the mayhem field. Um yeah, it's a really really cool field. It was uh, interesting though cuz apparently they were in such a dry spell that the ground was like forming these like fissures. They're just kind of like these gaping holes that were just opening oh. up, like, oh. splitting up. <laughs> they, 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 one of the guys took a took a piece of rebar and just kind of like threw it down the hole. They're like, oh, this keeps going. and <laughs> It's going and it's going. And they're like, okay, so don't fall into one. Don't step into one of those by accident.
0: <laughs> you could lose a drone into the ground.
1: Oh, Leadfingers, uh, after he was on uh, on his last round when he finally was done racing for the night sent it like a hundred feet in the air and then full throttled straight into the ground.
0: Did he make his own Fissure?
1: No. Uh but actually you know how the uh the the our F seven flight controller has the, the tabs that hold oh. the flight controller? <laughs> yeah to make it the thirty by thirty mounting. Well he hit the ground so hard it, it all it, his flight controller broke off of all the tabs that he did for the thirty by thirty mounting.
0: The G Force test. That's good.
1: Oh that was that yeah that was like 60 miles an hour into into a dead stop instantly
0: Did it did it work after that? I mean the, the uh, copper
1: We never plugged we never plugged it in to find out so got to wait till next season to, to or or at least this weekend maybe we'll find out this weekend <clears throat> no. but uh yeah that's uh that's what makes street league so much fun is it's just it you don't you don't have to show up with 10 you know 10 or 15 builds and hoping that you leave with a couple you know one or two at the end of the night
0: right. like everybody
1: pretty much flew the same exact drone all day with some some minimal repairs mm-hmm. but yeah the racing was good the racing was real good okay. and some of the some of the <clears throat> the lower guys actually were having really good battles too
0: it seems like everywhere in the Street League race there's battles going on. It was like that at West Coast throwdown too. Like every race was neck and neck. So something's going very well over there for it to be it's fun to watch too. So.
1: Yeah, it's the shuffling uh during the points rounds. It's the mm-hmm. it's the, the fact that you get sorted out by your points mm. and so you're always you're always being regrouped with people who flew a similar time. Constant reshuffling. All right, cool. Yep.
0: So, All right. Well, I think does it do you, more things on street league, or we're going to do the winner or the 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 way to win next.
1: Yeah, so let's do let let's, let's go right into way to win, and then we can hear about your your oh, adventure.
0: I, I, <laughs> yeah, I went to a world championship. But the way to win, if you are listening to this for the first time and you want to find out how to win your free RC stuff, it's a pretty simple process. You just have to send us an email. Uh, it'll have your name. Your address, your T-shirt size, what kind of RC stuff you're into. Um, did I say email address? You want to type out your email address is when I say that. A lot of people don't include it, and it makes it harder for me to fill out the form to send you your prizes, and you don't want that. So that helps. And then if you tell us what kind of RC stuff you're into, maybe how you got into RC, if you got back in RC. I love reading RC stories, so by all means, you can share a little RC with us. Uh, but email that to the address is... RC stuff at hobbywing dot com um, you can also use that same address for emailing us about questions about the show if you have a guest that you'd like to have us invite on here um, or you just want to say hi topics that you want to discuss questions whatever the case may be again it's RC stuff at hobbywing dot com
1: hey, about your email address for charlie yeah
0: that that part's important um, so I got to go to the two thousand and twenty three International Federation of Model Auto Racings, that's IFMAR, in case you didn't know, tenth Scale Off-Road World Championships. Uh, they happened in Chandler, Arizona, at one of the nicest RC facilities that I've seen in recent years. Uh, it's called a Hobby Action Raceway. It's in Chandler, Arizona. They run local races, kind of weekly, because I think they have two or three club races every night, and they've had several big races. The The Brian Kinwall Classic is there in October, so the, you're can get signed up and go race with some local legends and stuff like that see uh this place firsthand but they had won the bid for the ifmar world championships and got geared all the way up they wrapped kind of like the whole front of the building and logos and ifmar and made it look very professional and cool for a place to go in and race toy cars at all week and then they you know did a really great job on the track brought in um bleachers and made like some walkways and stuff so that you could get as many people in to spectate and watch these world championships as possible. Because in the greater Phoenix area, that's where Chandler is. It's just outside of Phoenix, Tempe area. There are a lot of RC nerds that have been racing there for many, many years. So even if they're not actively racing, they were going to show up and come see old friends and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like a reunion for many people, Uh, but hobby action Very cool facility. They don't even... They they don't have just an RC track. A lot of these... Um, hobby shop racetracks. They kind of just have the track and maybe a pro shop, they call it, with mostly racing stuff. These guys have a full gang of Gundam models. There's a Hot Wheels wall. They had a rocket wall. Um, All the RC parts you could shake a stick at from basher stuff to racer stuff to everything in between, even like dirt oval stuff. Uh, They do a repair department there, special order parts. They even have OGO bags, all those cool custom OGO bags that the pro racers use. They had a, a fine selection of those there as well. So, uh, Larry Tom is the dude who owns that place, does a great job. He's been around the industry for a long time. I think he's one of those, what they call them, serial entrepreneur types. He likes to make, make businesses and make money. So he's been doing trucks for a minute. I think he even owned SRS for a short while back then, but till the, the lease went away. I, I, don't quote me. I don't know. But amazing facility i did a walk around and posted a video of that on my the charlie show that's on the hobby wing official youtube channel if you want to take a look and get a first hand of that in the track and all that by all means please do Uh, the track itself the pits are beautiful they have lots of benches tables tons of power it's one of those uh, pit setups that has that shelf in the middle which i'm a huge fan of so you can put stuff on top and get it out of your way Uh, and they also have full misters around the track so well to keep the track consistent uh, there's a a mister system that filters the waters like a washer softening thing so you don't get crappy water on the track and it makes it work way better apparently something that started the first time that i ever saw it was at ocrc many years ago and so they they brought that system in over here and it's pretty rad um Huge driver stand that's uh, a railing that's not much above the waist. So it's good for short guys like me and tons of space to kind of move around the facility, too. So uh, very, 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 very nice racetrack in case I didn't make that very clear. but if uh, our say- world championships is broken into two segments for, for this particular one, this is 10 scale electric off-road. So there's uh, two classes, four wheel drive and two wheel drive. They did the four wheel drive segment first um, that runs as its own event. There was 14 heats of 10 drivers. So 140 racers. And it's each IFMAR is made up of five different, they call them blocks or governing bodies from around the globe. There's FEMCA, which is the Far Eastern Model Car Association. EFRA, which is the European Federation of... EFRA Racing Auto, something... Radio Radio Auto, something like that. There's JMRCA, which is the Japanese Model Racing Car Association. There, and then there's... Oh, I should have looked up. Anyway, there's a few of them. I'm sorry if I missed your block and I didn't know it. They get a certain amount of entries per uh, block each year, or each event. And what doesn't fill up the event gets able to be used by the local block. So there was a lot of Americans at this race, to say the least, because a lot of these blocks, they don't use up all their spots. But still, to have 140 entries at a Worlds on one segment seemed like a ton to me. The place was packed. 14 heats is a lot of racing. They do a ton of practice and a ton of qualifying. So there was like four or six rounds of practice on the first day, and then – Six rounds of running on the second day because they did like a uh, open practice race then a seating pra- a pre- pra- practice race and then qualifying and all this. So like there's a lot of track time that happens over the course of the day. And on top of that, they change the order so that the track is equal because the more you run on the track, the either may- it gets faster or slower. So they shuffle the running order of the heat not the racers the racers stay in the same heat all the time but you they start with a different race so it's this constant cycle of things going on all day about what's different and what's happening Uh, they had some delays here and there but they were able to keep everything because they have a a, a kind of a fixed schedule that they run all day that says what race is up when so if it's off by whatever you just add a half an hour it was fairly easy to keep track of for the most part and like you know, at a lot of events, it's a little confusing what's happening. There was you know some questions here and there, but overall, the scheduling was nice to see. Uh, I was able to chat with a lot of racers at this one, which was nice. Uh, from you know the, the top pro guys to some of the average guys on speed control tuning, uh, we did quite a bit of speed control tuning with drive frequencies and the throttle rate. Something if you've ever watched one of my speed control tuning videos, like I don't touch throttle rate. I leave it all the way up. It turns like turns out that's not the move. You're supposed to use the throttle rate a little bit more. Like some guys don't use it much. They turn it down a little bit, but they very rarely run it all the way up like I do. But most of them, I mean, some of the faster guys out there, they turn it way down. Like I was talking to some guys that are down below 20 or 15 even. So something I would have never have thought was going to be for go fast racing in any way uh, a popular tuning option, but we worked with that with quite a few people and they liked it a lot. So, uh, good to learn something kind of firsthand. It was also a bit of rotor tuning, something I, I didn't even consider. So, we brought a handful of rotors just to have as spares, just in case. And turned out quite a few folks wanted to try rotor stuff. The track conditions got a little tricky because there was a there's tire tech situation a lot of regular racing they sauce the tires they put stuff on them to make them stickier or softer whatever the case may be and that wasn't allowed at the worlds to keep the things a lot more fair so it was a, a medium grip situation and the tuning of the rotors to make power delivery what they needed in combine in combination with the right kind of brake feel and stuff like that uh, was pretty interesting for me to kind of see Again, refreshing, I guess you'd say. It's all stuff that we've done before over the years, but kind of that I thought went by the wayside because of the speed control tuning and how high frequencies you get and stuff like that. That these guys just worked around that. But, um, under the trickiest conditions, it did start to come out a little bit more. Um, we did get to help, like I said, a lot of like regular racers, if you will, not just the pros. With backup equipment, they didn't have the right motor for the situation. The hobby shop didn't have what they needed, so we were able to to help a couple guys out with that. There was a cat that intended to run his 13.5 setup because that's what he races at home and figured it'd be fine for you know medium-grip track. But in IFMAR racing, you can only use IFMAR-approved motors. So spec motors aren't sent into if for approval because no one does that we didn't we didn't know even hobby wing uh spec motors i don't believe that they're IFMAR approved so uh, he loaned him a system to, to or gave him a system to run for the weekend. and said happy worlds he's a dude who runs races and puts on also if you watch the Hobbyplex podcast uh alex sturgeon he's runs the Hobbyplex in nebraska super rad dude been around the industry for years races his kid races he travels to race and he, he runs his local race program as well so hobby wing was more than happy to help you know a hobby hero like that out Keep, keeping the dream alive out there so I was, it was it was great to work with alex a little bit and talk to him throughout the weekend so and i i vote for power of the ponytail every time if you're listening Alex because that's the way um, but in the finals, the there's two finals: one for two wheel drive, one for four wheel drive. They happen obviously a week apart. Four wheel drive, there was five of the ten finalists were using Hobbywing Systems XR Pro One Hundred and Sixty G Two speed controls, each and every one of them, um, with. Anywhere from, I want to say as low as like a 6.5 to maybe a 6.0. I think most of them were running 6.0, if I'm not mistaken. I have to check. Salton got all the information, and I forgot to, to write it all down for my own, but I'll get it, and then we'll post it, and we'll know. Um, and then one more using just our motors in the four-wheel drive segment. So six of the ten finalists in the four-wheel drive segment had hobby wing Power in there, which I was very excited to see. Uh, on the two-wheel drive segment, it was same thing. It was five combos, but two motors in there in, in the finals as well. So we had seven of the 10 finalists. Um, on two-wheel drive side, David Angaro, who is a factory hobby wing driver, uh, Spencer Rivigan, also a factory hobby wing driver, and Michael Orlowski were the completely hobby wing-powered podium for the four-wheel drive segment. Um, uh, Bruto Coelho, also hobby wing-powered, took home fifth. Tollard, also hobby wing driver, uh, took home sixth. Uh, with Dakota Fenn using a hobbling motor in that ninth position. Um, I did want to shout out Marcus Corrupt. He's son of Jonas Corrupt, who I knew years ago uh, back in the day. He made both of the A finals, I think, at his first world championship. So that is super cool to see. Um, I think maybe – I don't know if this was Brock Champlin's first – worlds either, but he made the main in four wheel drive and uh good old fashioned Dustin Evans and a- Aiden Horn also making the uh, four wheel drive main. So it's always a big deal to make a world championship main. That's that's why I mentioned their names uh, on the two wheel drive side. This kid that won the world championships, it was his first attendance of a world championships. He TQ'd Almost took the TQ in the first three rounds, but ended up taking, I think he took it home in the fourth, right? Overall secured TQ in the fourth round. Started from the pole, won the first two A mains to take home the win. Like, a lot of times, pressure will get you to, get to you. He made a couple little bobbles, but he was far enough ahead that he won the Worlds in the first two mains, which is super cool. Uh, he used a Hobbywing motor. He was a Phantom racer, so uh, their motor wasn't IFMAR approved. So the Losi guys reached out to us beforehand to ask for some motor, so we're more than happy to help out. So uh, the Hobbywing-powered World Championship once again. Uh, Spencer went two for two on second places. Uh, being from his home track, you could see he was... Uh, he had his game face on, but just some stuff didn't go his way. But two two second places, it's not not bad at all. Uh, Champlin took home third. He's the LRP's newest driver, so it was great to see LRP back in the mix. Aiden Hoard got fourth. Uh, Cavallari got fifth. He's a hobby-wing team driver. David Angoro, uh, who's qualified third, had some really rough mains, expected him to push hard, but um, unfortunately got collected a few times, I think, or I don't remember – exactly how it all went down but ended up uh, sixth overall hobbywing driver uh fend also using the hobbywing motor and then Brennan schimmel who was a trinity driver they ended up running hobbywing electronics and his stuff motor and speed control so that was great to see uh mayfield qualified eighth finished ninth hobbywing driver and marcus corrupt another like i said great thing to see he's i think the kid's like 15 years old making both of the mains so great to see that so teenagers at the top and the bottom of the two-wheel drive final so but uh, World Championships was great. I haven't been to a Worlds in a while, so it was uh, very refreshing to get back out and see a whole bunch of people. Um, there are far too many friends to mention that I saw out there, uh, so I won't even try. But it was if we shook hands and got to catch up, it was great to see you guys. And I hope you know, we get to see each other again very, very soon. It was wonderful. Uh, but i think that's it for my world stuff did i forget anything let me check my notes i wrote some stuff down uh i think that's pretty much it oh there was one thing that we chatted about on motor tech how the the difference in feel in an even turn motor to the, the 0.5 turn motor so there's a 5.5 motor and a 6.0 motor or a 6.0 motor and a 6.5 motor and they have slightly different feel and one of the things that we were chatting about around the pool during charlie engineering time was the why that happens and it's because the termination of the motor if you were to take the two stators and look at each other or look at them side by side on one the wires all terminate on one end the zero turn motors so the collector ring the part that all the 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 coils all solder to will have holes in it to allow the other wires to pass through whereas the 0.5 the collectors on the opposite end. So there's more material in the collector ring and it gives, this kind of resistance point in the the odd motors. So some, a lot of folks like the feel of the zero-turn motors because of that loss that's in the collector ring is my take on it. So it's not just that it's a different KV, a different turn. There, there's some mecha- what I call mechanical losses going on in the, electric, in the electrical side of things. And everybody at the pool agreed with me, so that's why I bring it up here, because the pool conversations each night were super fun. So cheers to everybody for hanging out and talking nerd tech late at night at the world. So that was a good time um we did do we do the winner yet nope we didn't do the winner yet everybody's favorite part of the show is the winner and you've been waiting patiently this whole time listening to me ramble on about the worlds and i thank you but from st louis missouri (laughs) he put his instagram on here so i'm going to say it out loud beer goggles rc on instagram rusty sanchez congratulations sir Rusty's a uh, bashing crawler and maybe dabbling in a little E E eighth scale racing in his local track, Dirt Burners RC. So um, shout out to Dirt Burners. They've been around for a long time, so it's great to hear they're still out there doing well. Uh, But Rusty, we will be in touch. Keep an eye on your email. Well, you've left that quite nicely for me to type in there, so thank you. (laughs) I think that brings us to the end. We're close to 30 minutes. Mike, do you got anything else for us, sir?
1: Well. James was still fast, so James that's is- all I got. He got he
0: got third in Street League.
1: Yeah. He's uh he was cooking. It's pretty honest. He was he was cooking. All right, folks. I think that is
0: gonna do it. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of RC Stuff, powered by Hobby Wing, as always. Charlie Swinka here with Mr. Chen. You guys have a great evening. We will see y'all next time.
1: Bye.